Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock from MCG Quantity Surveyors, the tax depreciation specialist. Now, we are speaking to a tax specialist today from an accounting background. We're talking to the wonderful Jeremy Yanuzelli. We're talking about PAYG variations what they are, why they're important for property investors, some of the considerations you need to make, how to estimate what tax you should be paying and the pros and cons of setting this up. So essentially we're talking about rather than having your employer take the standard amount of tax from your payslip and potentially getting to the end of the financial year and getting a tax return, rather than the tax return at the end of the year, you estimate what tax you should be paying with all your deductions and you can minimize the tax that's coming out of your pocket each week or each fortnight or month depending on your pay cycle. Jeremy gives some amazing insights into why it can be beneficial and the pitfalls to look out for. It's an awesome interview for anyone that's considering a PAYG variation and even as an investor if you're not looking at it it's good to understand the pros and cons of that. Here's Jeremy. Jeremy Yanuzelli, thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. Mike, pleasure as always to have you. Uh, well, not to have you, mate, for you to have me. And pleasure to uh, to have a chat and, and looking forward to talking more about, you know, the juicy stuff around tax. Yeah, well, we've done a bit of collaboration. And I think I've, whether you like it or not, I've basically signed you up for budget night for the next 100 years. Um, and we always have fun uh, dissecting that. But today in sort of the tax time or tax special for property investors, I want to talk about PAYG variations. Now, this as a topic is maybe not going to leap off the page or leap into the ears as something important, right? But in the environment there that we're in, it's a, it's a critical thing for property investors to understand, I think. But can you give us an insight into what it actually is? Yeah, so I think to really give people the insight of what it is, we've got to really start with a major origination of PYG variations and when they became quite popular in what environment. So they've been around for a long time. And to put the definition to what a PYG variation is, it's a form that you fill out with the tax office to estimate your taxable income in that given or chosen financial year that's coming. And then tax estimate is then produced on it. So for argument's sake, on $100,000 income, there might be $25,000 worth of tax that is withheld, uh, leaving you with a net income of $75,000 throughout the year. When completing the PYG variation form, which is a forward guidance of the estimate of your deductions or property-related expenses or things that can be claimed as a deduction to lower your taxable income, essentially, instead of you waiting to get a refund at the end of the financial year, that refund will be divvied up and sent to your employer, essentially, as a reduced amount of POIG that they withhold, and you're getting less tax, uh, less tax taken out on a fortnightly, weekly or monthly payment cycle, depending on how your employer does it. So it, it's really to help with the cash flow so you can maintain your expenses, maintain your lifestyle, maintain your um, you know your investments that you might have, so you're not having to wait at the end of the financial year to get potentially quite a large refund that otherwise could be utilised better throughout the year. So that's, that's a bit of the crux, the definition of it. Going back to when people really started to, uh, to use it quite heavily, and, and I saw it just post-GFC, you know, our rates started to really rise, and that was in that Howard, Howard era as well, before rates started to come down in the 2010 onwards to where we saw in 22. But expenses and post-GFC, things were quite high. Interest rates were high. 
uh, was when around I bought my first property and interest rates at that stage were like seven and, a, and three quarter percent. So it yep. was it was hard and there was a lot of negative gearing. Uh, there was a lot of deductions and people were paying lots of tax. You know, my first salary was about 32000 including super at that stage. And believe it or not, the tax on... Yeah, well, the tax on thirty-two grand at that stage was nearly about seven and a half, eight thousand dollars. Now, yeah, to right. put that in to put that in perspective, Mike, eight thousand dollars tax today represents someone earning around about a fifty-two, fifty-four thousand dollars income. Oh, so, go. I was paying tax on thirty-two k package, um, but earning say twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars potentially less than what someone's earning today. So, oh. it makes a major difference and. Where PYG variations came into play during that time was, as I said, costs, interest rates, expenses were quite high. People's cost of investment was quite high. So rather than eating baked beans throughout the year and waiting for their juicy five or $10,000 refund to come in at the end of the financial year when the tax return was done, that PYG variation would be lodged. The estimate of expenses or estimate of cost of investment would be included in the form, get sent to their employer, and their employer would reduce the tax that they withhold by say $200 a week and therefore the client was able to maintain and hold their investment. Um, and that was very ripe uh, through that 2007 through to about 2010 period. And then yeah. as interest rates started to come down, people didn't rely on a PYG variation as much to get them through the harder times. And they were happy to wait for their refund to be a juicy fat amount at the end of the financial year to where it inversed and in, in 2020 to 22, no one's getting refunds anymore. They're all starting to pay tax because of a heavily reduced interest rate. But now, and we come to where we are today in you know February of 2023, interest rates have shot up again. And all of a sudden there is a bit of pain. There is a bit of pinch point out there for many people in the cost of funding their investment. And we're starting to have those conversations now for many clients who are struggling to make ends meet and struggling to maintain the cost of their investment. And that's where PYG variations come in handy to assist them hold their, hold their investments throughout the cycle and hopefully get through the other side without too much cash flow uh, deficiency. Yeah, because I guess the worst situation is someone being forced to sell a property, right? Because if they can just hold on to it, over time it'll be easier to hold on to. Like maybe interest rates will come down, but rents should increase and if they're paying back some of their, their principal, perhaps their repayments will, will go down for that reason as well. So you don't want to be forced into a situation where you have to sell because the cost of getting in is so high and you, you miss out on those potential gains, right? Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's always a topic when people have a chat with me and say, Jeremy, we're really finding it hard. We start to explore the variation. Um, because again, we all know, like you mentioned, longer we can keep these properties and hold it through the downward cycles, there is the positive upward on the other side. Um, a couple of things that you, you know, need to really watch out for is you don't over um, claim on or overestimate the expenses in your PYG variation. Um, I see many clients get a little bit too greedy where their ambition turns into greed. And yep. instead of putting $20,000 down for interest, they may just say, oh, I'll put in there twenty five dollars just in case. Council rates, they know $1,600. Oh, I'll put in there $2,400 just in case. All of a sudden, what that does is it then significantly, uh, I suppose, taints, underestimates, overestimates the position at the end of the financial year. And what they find themselves in is where their employer has unfortunately taken out uh, not enough tax. 
So, yep. for instance, they should have only, you know, had a reduction of $200 a week. Their employer's given them the reduction of $500 a week because that's what the uh, government letter has told them to do. And at the end of the financial year, the client is in a position where they're paying a, ta a tax bill at the end of the financial year, which could be sometimes more substantial as a burden um, than if they were just to have the right amount being withheld throughout the year. So I do urge anybody who does a PYG variation, Yes, it is an estimate, but try to accurately estimate your forward guidance of expenses. It mm. is very tempting to just add a couple extra thousand dollars here and there, but it does add up over time. And you don't want to be left owing the tax office a substantial bill at the end because that might be detrimental uh, to your own portfolio and to your own lifestyle as well. I know just in general in my life, I'll commit to things, you know, in two or three weeks' time because I'm sort of like, that. well, that's future me's problem. Like, he'll have more time. He won't be busy. I just, I'm busy now, right? But, it, you know, you're not going to get in trouble from the tax office by overestimating your expenses, but you are just stealing from future you, right? Future you is going to have to pay that back. Correct. And if you haven't got your buffers in place and you know, then all of a sudden you're owing the tax office money and, you know, they're not very kind with interest uh, in the sense that if you do owe their money and you can't pay it, back, but pay it back to them by a specified time, their interest rate's like 7 or 8% uh, on a payment plan condition. So it is important that, you know, you don't rob Peter to pay Paul because the piper always gets paid in the end. Yeah, exactly. Now, when I first heard about these PAYG variations, I thought, oh, that's a, that's a novel thing, but, you know, maybe this is sharing too much about my prior poor financial literacy. But like I assume a lot of Australians, uh, the tax that is taken out is kind of like a forced way of saving, right? We get to tax time, we're like, yes, I got $2,000 back or $10,000 back. Now I can go and do the things that I that I want to do. Do you find that's a, a typical uh, problem that you encounter with people as they're like, oh, well, we love tax time because normally we get some money back. So, like, if I'm doing this, like, I can't rely on that sort of recurring cash injection at, you know, July, August. Yeah, absolutely. Look, many people look at their tax refund as a forced way of savings. Um, and and it's, it's probably not a bad thing to consider because, you know, sometimes with extra disposable income that you might have throughout the year, you'll spend it. But, yeah, a lot of people do budget on their tax uh, coming back to pay for large ticket items. However, with PYG variations, again, really looking at the crux of it and making a financial savvy decision, it's actually a really good decision to make. Why? Because through the reduction of tax that you're having to pay on, a, and again, on a fortnightly, monthly or weekly payment cycle, however your wage gets paid, if you're using those tax savings wisely, i.e. to be putting into an offset account, i.e. to make sure that you're budgeting for the expenses that are to come so you're not having to borrow from a credit card or put many costs onto a credit card. You can actually profit from it quite a bit. Um, but again, if you're doing a PYG variation simply to maybe have a little bit more disposable income not getting used for the right purposes, it's, it's terrible. I'd rather yeah. clients wait till the end of the financial year and get that one-off cash injection because psychology is very important in, in these decisions, Mike. You know, yeah. $200 a week is still, you say, 10400 a year. It yeah. doesn't feel as bad spending $200 a week. But if someone yes. provides you a $10,400 one-off cash injection, all of a sudden, oh, it looks really big. I don't want to touch it. Mm. I'm going to fight. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I keep it. So I, I really try to test the client's psychology to find out who they are as a person. And that's when I'll make some recommendations and say, if we can budget, 
if we can live on a shorter string, let's do it. Because yeah. that $10,400 potential refund that you'll get will help you when we have it as a one-off cash injection. And that kind of gives you the momentum to kickstart, uh, you know, f- further savings or further budgeting. That's a really good point because you can't imagine someone getting, a, say, a $10,000 refund and going, all right, well, instead of investing that, I'm going to schedule once a week, I'm going to buy some takeaway or a pair of shoes or a T-shirt or a concert ticket, and I'm just going to extrapolate that over 12 months. That's a horrifying thought, right, because that's real cash. It's a big sum. You can do something of value with it, but when it's trickling through, it, it, has, a, it has a different kind of value to you, right? Correct, correct. And it works in the many same ways, companies and dividends and all those other things, right? I try to mm. say to clients when they say, oh, I need my wage to go from 105 to 110, 120. I say, well, let's leave it at 105. And why don't we try to issue a dividend of 10000 or $15,000 at the end of the year? And they actually yep. prefer it. Again, it's testing the psychology of the client because that extra $100 a week, it goes out the door very quickly. As quickly as it came in, it's out the door. They'll find a way to spend it. Um, but that lump sum, you just protect it that little bit more. So, you know, I think you as an individual, when you are looking at, you know, whether or not you should be choosing a PYG variation, you need to really look at yourself and understand who you are as a person. Are you a person who receives more disposable income and finds a way to get it lost in the ether or you're a person who loves to see lump sums come in and you protect a little bit further. Um, But, you know, in the environment that we're in, Mike, it's a topic of discussion. It's a um, a very, very open discussion that I'm having with many clients, really understanding, you know, if they are in financial, financial difficulties or if there is a shorter string that they are living from. And this is a door that we, we have to open. And sometimes the PYG variation is a necessity not just for them to keep their investments, but for them to still maintain a, a normal quality of life. Yeah, and I mean, you can have a, a big property investment portfolio, but be very cash flow poor to the point where on paper you might look very comfortable, but day to day, you know, you're struggling, right? I, I want to ask you, um, how, how would an investor go about doing this? You mentioned that it's a form. You make it sound simple. Uh, perhaps it is very simple for someone like yourself. But, you know, is it something that only an accountant do? Is there a fee involved? How does somebody set it up? The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximise their claims and maximise their property education as well. Yeah, so PYG variation forms are accessible for the public to do themselves. Um, There is a a bit of knowledge that's behind it, no doubt about it. It's not like just filling in a couple boxes and moving on. Um, Generally, accountants do PYG variation forms for their clients. We generally do a lot of them for our clients. I've got a very small handful that know how to do it themselves. Um, But it could be something that a person wants to attempt to do themselves. And prior to lodgement, if they feel that they need someone to review it, that's when you reach out to a professional. Um, If time's your issue, interpreting the data is your issue, that's when an accountant really can come on board and give you an assistance. There is a cost. Uh, Accountants generally will charge because it is time um, that is required to complete the PYG PYG variation application form. You've got to run through the various costs and expenses that you forecast to have 
um, not just for work, but also for your investments as well. Generally, the timeframe once submitted, getting to your employer, I've seen it happen within about two to four, sometimes five weeks. So my advice to clients is, is that, you know, quite openly or early in July, if you can get that form being completed with a good forecast attached to it, um, you know, that's going to set you up for a PYG variation to take place at the end of July, early August. Beautiful. Now let's talk about the forecasting. So you mentioned it's your personal tax, right? So you might have some deductions with the work that you do, like um, using your own car or, you know, laptop or working from home, putting those things to the, to the side and just looking at it um, from a property investor point of view, you know, what, what are the main expenses that you need to, to schedule uh, or budget for and what's the best way to go about that so that we're not robbing Peter to pay poor and we do get a, rough, a roughly accurate estimate? Yeah, beautiful. So what we do as a, as I suppose, a process is we'll always look at the last financial year as a comparison for the data. Um, now, generally speaking, we'll, we'll we'll really quiz the client. What's the rent? Last year's rent was four fifty a week. Is there a potential rent increase to happen this financial year? Yes, Jeremy. I'm thinking about increasing the rent to about four sixty to four seventy. We'll go somewhere in between. Interest. We can almost work out well. <clears throat> if the interest last financial year was at 5%, you know, utilising a little bit of our NAUS, maybe financial savviness, we might say the interest rate might hit 6% and we'll work on an average calculation. We know council rates generally move with inflation. We know water rates generally move with inflation. We know insurance generally moves about seven times more than inflation. Yes. <laughs> um, so we can always probably estimate that the insurance might be 25% more than the prior financial year. But, you You're know, safe. these are the... Yeah, these are the things that we really need to consider. Um, where we really need to make sure we look at uh, the difference of you getting a bit more or a bit less back is land tax. So right. there are some PYG variations I'm doing this financial year because land tax has shot up for a substantial amount of clients, especially people that are holding property here in New South Wales. Um, mm. Lots of bill shocks happened over the last month or so as people have opened their New South Wales Office State Revenue land tax letters. Um, so that's something that we really reliably need to try to estimate based upon a council rate evaluation. And we look at the client circumstances if we believe or, or we think they're above the land tax threshold, uh, because some of these you know, amounts that people are getting are double, if not triple, than what it was last financial year. Um, oh, wow. And that sometimes is, you know, I look at land tax of the land tax I pay, it's nearly 30% nearly of my New South Wales rental income. Yeah, wow, that's huge. You know, so it's a substantial amount of of cost walking out the door. So, you know, for me, I need to make sure that if I'm doing a PYG variation for myself, I'm estimating that to the best I can because that could be the difference of maybe reducing the tax by a further $100 a week and then getting me through to the other side um, with, you know, still intact financially. Yeah. And, and where do people sort of trip up in that land tax calculation? So, you know, things like your interests, it's easy to, to figure out, um, you know, property management fees, you know, all the go-to sort of deductions that you might have. Land tax, I'm assuming, could be not there on the previous year, but you've gone over a threshold and suddenly it's something that, that you haven't considered. Is that, is that, some, is that a, a, I guess, a, a trick to, to be wary of? Yeah, 100%. So the ownership of the property is very important. So how the person owns it, whether it's in their name, 100%, 50-50. Uh, getting a good understanding of the land valuation of the property. And again, you'll be able to see that very close to the commissioner's value via your council rate. Um, so these are, the, these are the things that you really need to be wary of. You need to you know, potentially forecast as 
property prices increase, you need to know what those thresholds are. You need to know where you sit in those thresholds. And that way you can make sure that this doesn't become a cost that is absolutely out of the blue. It's a cost that you can say, well, I thought it was going to happen. Maybe it was a little bit more, a little bit less than I anticipated, but it's not out of the blue. Yep. Um, no one likes bill shock, Mike, and especially as in PYG variation, you know, we want to try to make sure we get it right from the start. We don't want to be lodging multiple PYG variations, confuses the tax office, confuses the employer, and ultimately potentially the employee loses. So you want to try to estimate everything up front and get it right from the front as well. And ideally underestimate and over deliver. That's kind of like a catchphrase uh, here with our business because we, we like to surprise on the upside, right, when we're giving estimates or something like that. But in this situation, you don't want to forecast too high um, because if your deductions don't come through that amount, then that's where you get the bill, right? So do you find people be being a little bit conservative and, and perhaps underestimating because they'd much rather be wrong in one direction than the other? Oh, mate, I, I get people most of the time wanting to overestimate the expenses all the time. Over <laughs> overestimate, yeah, it's, it's a constant battle. We're trying to get them to be a bit more conservative. So, no, look, everyone wants to try to get as much money as they can and they think that, oh, the tax office is taxing me less, it's mine anyways. They don't realise it needs to be paid back. But I try to, to encourage clients to steer on the conservative side, but let's try to get it as accurate as we can. The closer we can get to the true nature of your position, the better it's going to be for you because ideally there should be nothing left to pay. There should be very little refund that you'll get and it would have given you ample opportunity to hold that investment. But we try to stay on that little bit on that conservative side just to make sure that the client 100% is not in a position uh, that's payable. However, it is up to the client to make sure that if there are substantial changes um, in their PYG variation that's been lodged, we should go back and do a revision of the PYG variation. Yeah. Many clients fail to tell us that. They let things go, circumstances substantially change, and all of a sudden they're owing tens of thousands of dollars in tax because they haven't advised the tax office of the substantial change. And I'm assuming somehow it's going to be your fault as well. <laughs> you can take that. You always point the finger where you can, Mike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you touched on something before which made me kind of think about the, the time value of money. I can remember talking to a a chief financial officer talking about, you know, when they're paying their bills. I'm like, oh, we like to try and pay it at 60 days instead of 30 days, even if the payment terms are 30. You know, people don't get too annoyed and that money's better in our bank account, you know, than theirs. And I kind of think, yeah, that's that's great for corporations, but for small business that actually is not a nice way to do business. But mm. this, this, I mean, that concept kind of works for you as the investor because if you're getting that money today rather than having to wait for it in the tax return, of, of course, with inflation, that dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. That impact, I'm assuming, is is marginal, right? But when you're putting that value in, say, an offset account, that's where you kind of amplify the results of that, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, could everyone's goal with an offset account is to try to have as much money as we possibly can for as long as we possibly can. Um, mm. And there's cheeky people. I'm seeing some really good methods out there. The clients are using credit cards, small balances, small limits, but um, using credit cards to pay for absolutely everything, making sure they're timing the 55-day interest-free transaction period and paying off the credit card in full. And the way they look at it is they've had significantly more money in their offset account potentially for an average of 55 days longer than what they should have. And, you know, sometimes, 
it's very crafty. There's a lot of lot of you know tweaking that you need to make sure, and I'm sure a lot of Excel's you need to update. But you know the 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 fundamentals of it works. You're having a substantial amount more money in your offset account for a longer period of time, and it works very much similar for a PYG variation. You're getting the power of getting your refund now, as opposed to waiting say 12 months or 15 or 16 months later on down the track. Um, but in most cases, that PYG variation that we are doing, in most cases, not all. Um, you know, it's there to compensate the cost. Where there is a major win is we get to do um, an estimation of depreciation in that financial year as well. And as we all know, Mike, depreciation is a non-cash deduction. So exactly. that is where generally the refund from the PYG variation or the reduced amount of tax from the PYG variation as a result from the elevated amount of depreciation that you've got to claim in your property that's kind of money that generally can sit in an offset account. Yep. And if you weigh that benefit up, you know, over the long term, depending on how many properties you've got and depending on how much depreciation you're claiming, you know, that could result in thousands and thousands of dollars worth of interest being saved mm. um, in your tax, well, in, in against your own home uh, from the tax refund that you've received early from the variation. So it's, it's a very crafty way to do it. Um, but as I said, mate, I'm just the psychology of people when I do, you know, do this forum, I, I know that they're spending that money as opposed to saving it. Yes, um, and, yes. and hence why I try to recommend and say, guys, wait till the end of the year. Let's wait. Let's get that big bulky amount. And then, you know, that's the buffer you've got moving forward. Yeah, I guess there's pros and cons either side. But if you're disciplined and you forecast well, it could be a really good way to to get a good handle on your cash flow and have that little bit of extra cash flow to hold on to those investments. So, of course, you need to get expert advice from someone such as yourself. Speaking of that expert advice, I want to say thank you for joining me today. Uh, Jeremy, always a pleasure. Thank you, Mike, for having me again, mate. Take care. Cheers. <laughs>